0: It's episode 166 of the Improv London podcast. I'm your host, Stuart Moses, and this week's guest is Jen Rowe. Hello,
1: nice to see you, Stuart. I'll hear you.
0: Hello, yes. Uh, How are you?
1: (laughs) I'm good. Good. I'm good. I feel like we should just mention what just happened. which was that Stuart was introducing the show, and he couldn't get a word out to begin with. So we've started giggling.
0: Yes, I, I, uh, I failed on the first syllable of the uh, first line, which I have done at least 165 times before. But anyway, you failed gloriously. Exactly. Exactly. Tell me about your improv retreat which i am disappointed to discover is not called genfest
1: <laughs> that's a great name for it oh yeah my improv retreat i'm really, really looking forward to it um it's actually uh the the retreat is organized by the lovely helen wood um who uh some people may know from uh the improv improv just generally from improv uh but but helen's uh done some great solo shows including um i can't remember the name helen i'm sorry but it's about maps ordnance survey maps that's really good uh, and she's got um she's got other shows coming up um but she has this uh lovely house in pembrokeshire and uh, she's asked me to go and teach a retreat there for um from in march through to the beginning of april um uh, and I, I can't wait it's going to be great it's it's um it's for improvisers with um some experience so people are up for um scenes and games basically um and i'm kind of going going with the i'll see who's coming and i will make that work for them um which is kind of fun we've got we've we've got bookings coming in so that's exciting um yeah it's it's in a it's in a place called i got to get this right. What does it say? Uh, I wrote it down because I was worried about um, getting it wrong. I think it's Menorbier which sounds French, but it's in Wales. Um, and it's uh, it's got a castle. There's a castle there too, which is uh, very exciting, but got nothing to do with improv.
0: I mean, we, we should celebrate the uh, potential presence of a castle in our lives. Totally. So, yeah, you said that you're going to tailor what you're going to cover... Depend on who's attending. What sort of classic general things <laughs> are you are definitely gonna cover?
1: <laughs> uh well I mean there will definitely be, you know, there'll be the uh general just sort of getting to getting to know your stuff. Um and then we we'll, I don't know, we're just gonna get into scenes and see where that that takes us, I think. Um there's some uh, uh that I'm probably going to throw in. I might throw in a, a little bit of either maybe some Shakespeare or maybe some improv for writing as well as a, as, a, as a, a a bonus bit. But um, all that sort of up for grabs. The those those kind of things. So yeah, just um, just just exploring who, depending on who we've got, exploring uh, what scenes and uh and games sort of fit fit that group really. So we'll we'll explore. So they'll. There'll be some long form. There'll be some short form. There'll be, uh, yeah, kind, kind of, kind of the stuff I would, not necessarily the stuff I would do on a May Day's retreat. Um, I think, I think I'll be looking because it's a smaller group as well. It be it's going to be really interesting to play with. Uh, well, I think we can have ten to tw- ten people, possibly twelve at a push um, at this one. So it means we'll just get to play in a lot of detail um and um follow the what whatever interests those people have uh i did a I did a retreat um for a group of um of people from an amateur drama group uh in um in in, in where was it tenterton in kent earlier this year no last year in july time flies doesn't it uh and uh that was really interesting because um that was a group that had been to, that had known each other for years um the um age range was i think late late 50s to 80 uh, something i think or 70 no 8 70, 78 i think was the was the, the oldest person um so again that was one of those ones where it's like they've potentially not done improv but i'm gonna I'm just going to explore what they need and take it take it in whatever direction it feels right so what's really nice with the retreat is you can do the first day and then go you know, i'm not going to plan the whole thing up front i will have i will always have a plan because i can't not plan it's not in my nature but i will have the first couple of days planned out but i'm going to be you know in improv um in true improv manner i will see what the group needs and what what the group comes back to me with and uh, and take it from there so it's yeah it's uh, improv for me as much as it is for them
0: yes it's interesting isn't it i find that when i'm uh, running an improv session i need to have a plan but that enables me to improvise because mm-hmm. i find it it's relatively straightforward to teach or relatively straightforward to think but it's hard to do both at the same time
1: <laughs> yeah exactly and that uh, and the more you teach the more you have that thing where you you know where you need to allow yourself to have a brain break so uh thank goodness for pair exercises uh, <laughs> or um <laughs> here's trade secrets uh <laughs> everybody find a different place in the circle <laughs> it's my chance to go what was that going to do next I just look at this bit of paper but the trouble is I'm such an open book I will tell people that's what I'm doing so I will literally tell my students my working as I'm going so like I'm just using this as an excuse to look at my book now (laughs) but yeah generally it's um, even though oh god how many years have I been teaching for since 2007 I think um yeah those first early days like those those early days my early years probably um uh, my first one you know i had to have everything so many things written down and way more than i possibly needed or could possibly get through and that uh, and now it's i still have a list because i think it's useful it, i find it useful just to write those things down anyway to give me a sense of what where things are going um but yeah, I think you've just always got to be ready to to go off in a different direction slightly, or or it might be that the group's just the energy is not right for that day for, for this particular thing that you want to look at. Um, yeah, there's, there's such a mix of reasons why you might not stay on stay on track, but it's it's always nice to have it have it there. Also, I tend to try and get my student. I, I tend to like to email my students with what we've done that day, because I think it's really useful. But I, I, I definitely learn better if I see things written down, as well as experiencing them, obviously. Uh, so I, I like to have those two things available for me. Um, so I assume that other people will as well. So uh, And also, it's very useful for me as a teacher to look back at what we did the previous week. So having a kind of like rough tick list as I'm going or a rough thing that I can just jot down what we've done is is uh, very useful.
0: Yeah, I love it. I love it when a teacher will send me notes from the class that I've been in. Um, I'm very much a note taker. I wasn't always when I was in a face-to-face person class, mm-hmm. um, but I've started doing that a lot more um, because it, you just forget there's so much going on in a class. It's easy yeah. to forget what you've done. And even when I've written notes, sometimes I'm like, well, I'm sure that made sense at the time, but I have no idea <laughs> no idea what that indicates at all. But it's, really, it's really useful to have like some written notes from the teacher afterwards. I'm like, oh yes, and then we did that exercise because sometimes, because when you're in a class, you're taking in so much information. yeah, You may not even take in kind of the reason you were doing the exercise. Or sometimes I find... Because the teachers trying to be economical with the instructions, they may not even give the reason why you're doing an exercise, because that's an extra thing, for, extra thing to add to the cognitive load. Yeah,
1: that that's a really interesting point, actually, because um, knowing how much, uh, how much to explain and how much to go. Uh, no, I think about kind of like, I think that's enough questions. So let's just. Let's just do it and then let's talk about it afterwards because um it, it's tempting you know sometimes when you're talking <laughs> as a teacher, or just in everyday life, there are days, aren't there, where you're like, uh, my mouth's moving and I'm saying words, and I'm not sure why I'm saying the words anymore. <laughs> it's just to fill the gap.
0: I was just gonna say I'm adding more words to this explanation, but nobody's getting any clearer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the blank faces. Or or the one person that doesn't look like it's getting it and everybody else looks like they're getting it and then you spend too much energy looking at that one person who may well get it but just has the face that says I don't get it and it, it's again uh, that's one of those things that I've had to learn over the years is like I really want everybody to be included and I want everybody to understand, and I want everybody to have a nice time but uh, sometimes there will be somebody in the room especially if you're doing a corporate job who 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 doesn't who, who won't like it or won't want, doesn't want to get it, or or just doesn't get it, and and you're like, well, there's only so much time I can spend trying to please that person in you know sort of in balance with everybody else. It 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 can be a it can be a tricky thing, but at some point you just have to go. Nope, let's assume they're having a nice time too. Yes,
0: yeah, it's like that classic stand up thing where you know, the stand-up inevitably focuses on the one person in the front row who's looking stony to face throughout <laughs> the gig and then they come up afterwards yeah. how much they enjoyed it and all that sort of stuff.
1: So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: but some of us have big expressive faces and some of us uh, hide what's going on inside. Yeah. Uh, it's also interesting about how, how explaining enough so that people get to play the game, but without covering every eventuality and it's like well let's discover let's let's solve let's solve if a problem comes up solve it rather than necessarily trying to l- know what the rule is
1: yeah and i i do think partly that depends on how experienced the group is so for like complete beginners if it's like their first day uh, i will generally explain things Very clearly. But once you get to to like a group towards the end of their course or in in the beginning of a new course and they've done a couple of uh, levels already, you're kind of like, cool. I mean, well, often it happens organically. Um, I noticed, actually, I think Sarah... There was a game that Sarah was Sarah Davies was um, talking about um, in a previous podcast, uh, which is just like clapping around the circle and just letting things take their own course, and it just becoming a new game. And uh, it's really interesting that happens sometimes in second in level twos when you start, or level three sometimes when you start a, you start like a clap around the circle. And because lots of people know different clapping around the circle games, they'll assume that it's one, and then. Another one will assume it's something, and then you end up with sort of uh, three people all kind of going, uh, "What?" Uh, and you just go, oh, "We'll play them all. Just do it. let yes. see, see, see what happens." But yes. yeah, that's, that's kind of fun.
0: Well, I suppose it's it's dealing with people's prior experience mm. of learning and playing sport, where there are very definite rules, and just letting go of those rules is, yeah. is a challenge for some.
1: Yeah. Yeah, of course. It, yeah, of course it is, and it's uh, it it depends what your background and experience is, or how you're made up, really, doesn't it?
0: So you mentioned the Maydays. So yeah. if hard as it is to believe that anybody listening to this won't have heard of the Maydays, <laughs> but if if they haven't, how would you describe the Maydays as an improv group?
1: Oh gosh, that's that's. Re- oh. <laughs> sometimes when you're inside something it's harder to explain it than when you're outside it um i don't know a uh, a group of um weirdos who uh, love improv and like experimenting with it um are quite dark of a sense of humor uh i think I, I th- and a little a little bit anarchic I, yeah i think does that yeah i don't know you 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 know you know them them from the outside (laughs) i think that's that's probably sort of it obviously i mean the thing the thing is i like about um the maydays (laughs) from the inside is that we do we we change we we explore and we we change things and go off and um yeah and just just discover discover new stuff together and um yeah Follow, follow the, follow the fun, follow the interest. Yeah,
0: fantastic. How, how? Tell me about how do you discover new things? How do you find new fun things to do? What's what? I'm, well, well what I'm interested in is kind of like what's what's it like being inside the Maydays? What are the things that happen <laughs> behind the scenes that those <laughs> who come to the classes and see the shows don't see? <laughs> um, tell me the secrets is what I'm saying.
1: Tell me the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> well, in re- I mean, in rehearsals, it's very. Um, we what's what I really like about the group is that people will start with a. Again, it's that thing where you like somebody might have an idea for a particular um, session because we all you know we'll all run bits of work of, of rehearsals, uh, and, unless we can get you know somebody amazing to come and uh, work with this, um. So yeah, just to, just a, a, about sort of exploring. We're not we're. We're we open to people sort of going oh what about this and how and how and this going off in this direction so um, it just means that um, different things get discovered like happily never after for instance um, that came out of uh, Joe Samuel uh, musician extraordinaire um, sort of going well this is this is kind of these are the things that you guys do. So let's put it in a show because it it's going in this direction anyway, and it's sort of great. And I think with happily never after, that's something that for years we we kind of we were going dark and weird and physical and musical, and it just sort of all fitted together. Um, And uh, happily never after, by the way, is a sort of Tim Burton style musical tale i wouldn't necessarily call it a musical it's a musical tale um uh yeah so that's where that came out of but then you know at at one stage we were gosh we had loads of we've had loads of shows over the year years and they've all come from somebody going can i i'm gonna run this i'd like to try this thing out and we'll um, and we'll jump on that and see where that takes us um, and you know, there's lots of there's lots of uh there's lots of things thrown to the to the wayside as well, but um generally, yeah, I mean I think there was a there was a show for a while that we did where we asked people what their neighbors uh, were like, um like an interesting neighbor that they'd had, and then we'd sort of um uh, scene paint them we'd get we'd we'd have three people on stage and we'd scene paint them and then we'd take on their characters. but the trouble with that it's very hard to police um in terms of what your what you're given so you might initially commit to a character and then and then the the person says something where you're like no that doesn't feel appropriate <laughs> i don't want to be so uh with with um with that show we did it we did it a bit uh for um for about a year i think on and off but <laughs> sometimes sometimes you're like ah, there's other ways of going there's other ways of doing this and creating this so yeah um the, the shows that we've we've stuck with for quite a while now really are uh, confessions and tonight's top story and that's like basically the same show just with different um, uh, d- different uh, suggestions behind them so you have a short scenes in the first half and more of a long form um, bit to the second half and that's just nice because that's just connecting with the audience. All you know very much. So people get to hear their confessions read out. People get to see what we do with them. People get to re- uh, say them out loud if they're drunk enough. Um, and uh, yeah, um, and we explore it. So yeah, I yeah just like I like the way that we we just um, we try different things and we're constantly looking for new things, new ways of doing it.
0: I feel that the May Days celebrate the audience in a really lovely way.
1: Oh that's nice.
0: Huh. I'm pretty sure that I've been taught a musical improv format that was called something about the Maydays um Phil Lund, I think taught us it and it was taught us uh, the Maydays do this.
1: It- <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> I love that I love those things so it's like because we we'll have um Will sometimes teach Phil Lund's Circle of Joy, and the other day I noticed on um, I hope I hope I'm right saying this uh, on a teacher training uh, manual for oh yeah it's in the glossary for Hoopla is the John Cremer game. So <laughs> <like>, what's that?
0: <laughs> um, we should perhaps come back to. Uh, I'd <laughs> like you to explain Phil Lund's Circle of Joy to complete the, the circle. The thing I. <laughs> was it was all about getting two people who were in a relationship and then dramatising their relationship and singing songs about it. That oh, the
1: ballad, funny. the ballad. Yes, that was a that was something we we used to do. That that was our signature song piece for a very long time. Yeah, didn't so you did get...
0: great detail because I'm very vague about. It.
1: <laughs> um. So yeah, you you ask for uh if there's a couple in the audience, and we won't take one where 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 a couple have being picked on. Um. Will, <laughs> where they have they have to be uh, uh you know self agreeing to it. Um. And um, then we just ask them some questions. So we'll ask them what their names are, where, how how they met, uh, where they, you know, sort of like the area that they like, the location of where they met, um, and then anything that they like doing uh, together. And then you you know brackets, <laughs> except other than that, um, <laughs> and more uh, problem. <laughs> uh, and then uh, yeah, and then and then we'll see. Then it's 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 quite specific. It's very much the first the first um scene is about one person sings a four line verse that will end with the name of with their name usually uh and then so so you often get kind of um <laughs> love i'd love to see you again and again oh by the way my name is jen uh <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh, but usually that's just about the the opening when they met and then there's a there's a chorus and then there'll be um a shared verse which is um in the same in the same order but you you basically got those two people singing again um and it will be something about you know um i don't know their ab sailing hobby or whatever they do together um yeah that's the ballad
0: <laughs> yeah phil was teaching that correctly i had just forgotten <laughs> And we fill one circle of joy. Please, can you to remind me how we <laughs> do that? Or shall I try and do it? it Everyone stands in a oh, circle, okay. yeah. and then one person starts walking towards somebody else, and they sing the first line, and yeah, then right. the person they get to sings the second line, and then does it just carry on like that?
1: Yeah, it just carries on. So it's a really nice way of uh, of introducing people to the idea of um, verses and chorus. So you start off with – you just get a theme and you – you get people to walk uh, walk a line of a song across to someone else, um, and then that person will walk across to someone else. I realise I'm doing actions, and we're on a podcast. Oh, I, mean, I'm re- I it's really physical. helping my
0: learning. So uh...
1: <laughs> draw some pictures, stick it on later. <laughs> um, uh, and then at some point, you're looking for uh, a repeated line, perhaps that might might end up being a chorus, and uh, and gradually sort of building it building it up based. On theme, and the idea is to really work on theme, not on telling a story of the song. Well, when I teach, when when we teach it anyway, that's that's been the thing. It's like just get the feeling and the and what happened, what what happens in this situation, rather than. Um, and then Dave went for a walk along the driveway, and you, you, can, you know you don't want to <laughs> you don't want to get bogged down in plot.
0: Yes, because I mean there are some songs out there that do tell stories, but for the most part, yeah. it's more about the mood and the theme and the emotion. Yeah. And- so that's, that's right yeah um so you mentioned confessions and then top stories
1: tonight top, tonight's top story um I think was originally um I don't know whether it, it came from world news tonight which was uh it is a, an IO improvolympic um uh format but it it, it certainly was given it, um Jason chin who was um, um sadly it's Sadly, uh, no longer with us, but he was um, uh, artistic director, I think, of IO at one point, um, quite a few years ago. But he came to do some work with us and gave us gave us his blessing and invited us to America to be in World News Tonight, uh, which I think some of us have been in twice. I say that loosely because mostly I was standing in the wings, terrified, and um, they move so quickly. They are so quick. Uh, don't- if you've ever seen them but um world news tonight is just like zing 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 and now since they moved to the lot la- well when when they were in the larger venue <laughs> i don't know whether um they uh the stage was so wide that by the time you'd taken a step with your, your idea they were onto the next one so
0: <laughs> I, I mean that's 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 generally genuinely encouraging to hear because you know i i've certainly been in that situation where by the time i've had an idea not even a good one I'm not even auditioning the idea <laughs> to see whether it's a good one but there have been shows I've been in where I have like if I have even had an idea yeah we've moved on to the next thing
1: so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and I, I think that's I think there is something in that of I, I feel like I've learned more just to come on and encourage people just to come on in those situations um do as i say not as i do. <laughs> uh yeah i think it's a good i, I think it's a good uh, learning thing of going just just step just step on and and be something if nothing else um or just come on and and, and yes and whatever's happening because otherwise i mean people people improvise in different ways and certainly with um so, certainly if you're guesting in a show for instance and you haven't had a chance to really warm up with that group or anything it's it can be it can be sort of slight clash of uh styles and um, mm. that's something just to negotiate on stage but yeah it's it's one of those things that you, we're always learning <laughs> yeah
0: yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and i've certainly found that you know i if, well it was if it would depend if if, if i were guesting is in a particular format then it might be different but if i'm just doing scenes or a you know general sort of show it was stepping on stage and then i trust that something will happen and something yeah. will start and, and if it doesn't, that can also be interesting as well. So, you're off to Dogface Improv in Norwich. I soon.
1: am. Yeah, I'm excited. It's when is that? That's in that's mid March, I think. Yeah, I think so. She says, looking at her diary. Uh, yes, yeah, mid March. Chris asked me to do a Shakespeare class and a science fiction class. So um, that's a really fun because I get two, two quite different headspaces. Uh, and, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to going up. Uh, ironically, I'm going up to teach at Dogface Improv two weeks after I get a dog. <gasps> <laughs> But but she's not. She's not coming all the way up with us. She's just gonna. She's she's gonna come for a day trip to my (laughs) mum.
0: I feel that uh, bringing along a dog, cat, or any other animal would uh, they would significantly pull focus from anything that I was anyone. Anyone that's trying to teach having an animal there is uh, you know it's a bold move.
1: I uh, I actually did. I had a guy um, used used to bring his dog to um, classes. (laughs) years ago quite a few years ago uh and uh, she was lovely she was very sweet and she was quite old um and uh if he was in a scene she would normally just sit in the corner of the room but uh if he was in a scene he she'd just sort of wander over and then just sit next to him Uh, and it was very endearing until she just stood in the middle of the the room and weed (laughs) <laughs> We're like, oh, this is why we don't bring dogs in.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is why we don't work with children and animals. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah, dog is uh, dog face is exciting. I haven't, um, I haven't been up to Norwich for a while. Um, yeah, I don't really know. I know, I know people in, um, involved in dog face, but I don't really know. I don't know the scene very well, so it's exciting.
0: Um, what I found really interesting when I went up there was the great diversity of people that Dogface attracts. Um, we had a really, um, you know, interesting range of uh, ages, of backgrounds and things like that. So it, it really? felt it felt community improv in the very best sense of it. Um, oh,
1: that's really exciting. Great. Yeah. I'd like to, uh, yeah. Very exciting.
0: And so you're, you're teaching sci-fi. You're teaching people yeah. how to do improvised sci-fi. Uh, <laughs> Tell me about that. I'm imagining <laughs> there must be a love of sci-fi in your background.
1: Well, I have always. I grew up reading science fiction. A lot of science fiction, mainly. Um, every, you know, I can, can't think a real mix of stuff. Um, if I said names and you asked me about them, I wouldn't be able to remember any of their stories now because I just they're, they're just in there in bit a lot of short stories like Ray Bradbury and um, people like that. And I started writing a mixture of sort of uh, speculative fiction and uh, dark, weird stuff over the years. And um, I I wrote a solo show about a science fiction writer as well. Uh, And uh, yeah, so it's sort of come out of that. So I'm not necessarily coming from it in a, I'm coming from it as a more of a writer and reader perspective than from a uh, popular science fiction perspective head whilst i have i mean i do have i do have that but i'm not um i would <laughs> i wouldn't consider myself a particular science fiction um mm, uh, nerd i don't know i am a bit um but you know I, I i like i like a bit of doctor who i like i i really like there's loads of i love marvel i love like science fiction um films um but actually this is this is um uh, a workshop that's come more out of me using improv for writing, um, really. And and so it's a it's a lot of asking what if? Uh, which I think is one of the the, the big the big things for uh, science fiction and fantasy is what what if this were true? What else what else would be true? And of course that marries really well with improv because that's that's the same thing. It's like um we follow we we take one step with the yes and what if this and then we yes and that, yes and that and and take it uh to its furthest conclusion or not conclusion just keep going forever to infinity
0: so it's sort of the traditional written sci-fi idea of yeah if if a certain if if robots had sentience or something like that you yeah
1: didn't... yeah that kind of thing so there's a there's a really nice um really really simple exercise which is just to to literally in a circle or, or with it or with a couple of people just one person says uh, what if uh, i don't know what if what if uh, fridges were sentient for instance uh, and then it's it's a it's kind of a case of world building from that point and going what if fridges are sentient uh, first of all you've got to decide whether this is a world where where fridges have always been sentient or whether they've just become sentient but uh for this exercise you can you can kind of do either you can go in either direction and then you just be like well um i don't know uh um if fridges were sentient then um you might have dating agencies for white goods or um uh what happens if um if you put your head <laughs> in a fridge is that is that appropriate um so you know there's there's, there's various." questions where we'll just like explore that in an improvisational way um and then we can play with some of those ideas uh and and just explore that and um of course that's the ideas side of it and science fiction is very much a a a literature of ideas but relationship and character shouldn't be forgotten that's very much part of it as well so um it's trying to marry those two things together uh in a science fictional way which yeah, you know, um, I think Katie, Shoot, and Chris Mead do very well in in their show, uh. But but yeah, so th- that's that's what I'm exploring. Uh, and I think I've only got three hours, so um, <laughs> good luck, everybody. We're gonna do <laughs> a lot.
0: <laughs> that's one side of what you're going to be doing, and the other side is the Shakespeare side. So what's the uh, what's the appeal for you of improvising Shakespeare?
1: Words, being in a in a in a situation where you're slightly re- restricted by what you can talk about because yes you can pretend to do you can do improvised shakespeare and include mobile phones and and still keep all the these and thou's and that kind of thing in but um i really like the fact that certainly with um impromptu shakespeare of where i'm a, a member um we very much go this is just this we're going to keep it within the world of shakespeare um with all its bad and good uh and and therefore we can't talk about mobile phones, but there's a there's a great exercise that for instance in Prompt you do which is um called interpreter which where whereby you take an idea, you take a, a normal sentence, everyday sentence like um, I've lost my mobile phone or, or something like that. And then you have to interpret it in it make it make it a Shakespearean yeah. phrase. Um, so uh <laughs> i don't know lord, uh, lord my messenger has fallen dead upon my feet um uh so instead of yeah the messenger becomes the phone um the phone becomes the messenger uh and you explore so you can explore uh modern day issues and worries but in a but in a uh, putting it in, in, in an historical sense but also the words uh, are great um although i would say I don't massively use um anything iambic pentameter or rhyming couplets they're a really good thing to 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 to, um explore certainly in the rehearse in rehearsal room um and metaphor and simile as well so uh likening uh, sort of you know that shakespeare uses that a lot in terms of like a whole speech might have um the, the sort of metaphor of a ship rocking on a sea or something uh and so he'll use lots of words associated with water or shit or, or or ships and for an improviser to explore that uh spontaneously is um it's again it's a really it's, it's a really fun thing to play with and it i think it makes your the rest of your improv more uh you, you know you've got you've got more tools to play with for the rest of your improv as well um which yeah can only be a good thing i think
0: Yes, I, I, I was ex- thinking that exact thought. It's 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 really interesting, you know, to do a do a workshop on improvised Shakespeare or um, musical improv or any of these things, even if you're not considering doing that long term, mm. because the things you learn in that you can then bring back into your normal improv.
1: Yeah, and and also um, in terms of uh, you know Shakespeare deals with history, comedy, tragedy. Um, and yes, in, in I think quite in short form, there are games where you have you know genre genre games where you go, okay, this scene is going to be Shakespeare, this scene is going to be set in the 1950s or whatever. But in terms of more, long form and, and and longer scenes, I I don't think I'm probably a bit out of touch, but I don't think I've seen that that happen in other ways. And I think it's a fun thing to to be able to bring in and and explore uh and big themes like death um like like birth like uh betrayal and and stuff like that it's in impromptu shakespeare we've done a lot of rehearsals over the years in really sort of trying to be true to to those scenes and not not go for the comedy going for the going for the absolute truth of the the emotion um and that means that we're not we're not scared of, yeah. You know, it's it's wonderful if an audience laughs, but it's also wonderful if an audience get, audience goes, <gasps> or or just leaving an audience completely silent because they're like they can't believe what they just they've just seen. That's that's just a, a wonderful feeling. Um, and it and you can still have the laughs around that. Um, and in fact, often they're they're bigger because <laughs> we've we've raised the tension.
0: I think also maybe. Uh, improvising the Shakespearean way does that give you a good feel for the shape of stories
1: uh yes yeah definitely yeah actually um uh both impromptu Shakespeare and also um happily never after they they're both using yeah we're both finding we're both looking for the shape of the story in that um and, and I I wouldn't say that we are we're not we're not beholden to the plot. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I think we we always gives up We always give ourselves the freedom of the scenes. The individual scenes are important, and the relationships are important, and trust that uh, together we'll we'll find the ending. And you know, when you when you're talking about narrative improv, and you're thinking, well when you're in the scene you just need to be in the scene and in, in enjoying that moment of being in the scene and it's the people on the sidelines that need to be the ones watching watching for like what's what do we need next um because if you're in it if you're in the middle of a scene and you're thinking wow i'm just going to make this plot point happen over here um and there's sometimes it just falls onto your lap but you know then you're you're probably not going to be listening to the seat your scene partner properly um and you're going to miss something
0: I feel that I've all I've done tonight is ask you to explain <laughs> how games are played, and I'm really grateful for that because I think that's really useful for me and hopefully everyone listening as well. But do you have a particular game or exercise that you could <laughs> teach me how to play?
1: Um <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be cheeky and pick two uh, if I can, um, and one is um, uh, one's the once the 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 the, the kind of like doofus one one's the one's the one that uh we've uh, you were talking when we we're talking about the uh, maydays that playing around with different ideas i'm sure it, it it's probably out there uh, long long term now because these things you create a thing and then like 10 days later somebody's giving you a different example of it and you're like i think we came up with that last week uh, it's really it's that's really fun but um just mind meld, which every which I'm sure lots of people know and it's really difficult to explain. Um because uh you have you basically have um a group of people, one says the the one says one, another one says two, and then you count everybody counts one, two, three, and on the fourth beat, uh we uh, those two people try and say just try and say a word. They're not they They're not trying to make it the same word. They're not mirroring each other. They're just saying words. Uh, Those two people have said a word each. So for instance, orange and um, I don't know, uh, uh, asleep. Um, And then the group as a a whole are going to try and do exactly that thing again. They go, one person is going to say one, one person is going to say two. Everybody's going to count. And on the beat of four, whoever said one and two are going to try and say a word that they think is the word that fits between orange and asleep? And uh, in that instance, God, what would I say? Uh, orange and asleep. Um, oh, that's a hard one, isn't it? Should we,
0: we do it? Should we? Count? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. okay.
1: So, let's go one, two, three, and on the fourth beat, we're going. We're going to say a word that we think fits between orange and asleep. So here we go. One, one two, three. three. Juice. Breakfast. Juice and breakfast. See, we've got a little bit closer. Uh, and each time we'd keep doing that. So that's one version of, that's, that's the basic version of mind meld. Um, we thought we'd play, a, play around with, uh, and it, this can't work on podcasts, but, um, we'd play around with, um, doing it with noises or with, um, or with facial expressions or gestures. And it, <laughs> It's just ridiculous because it doesn't last very long. Because um because once you've made a, like a shocked expression and somebody else has made a frown, then you're probably just going to end up with both of you looking neutral. <laughs> it looks so, like Stuart's lost it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> because I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of my meld. I've got reasonably good at it partly because I'm like trying to get us through that so we start doing something else. Um <laughs> Because I don't think. It succeeds in teaching people how other people think. I think there are other ways of discovering that. However, your facial expression annoys one. Yes, I love that. <laughs> and really beautiful, and I will definitely be using that. That's amazing. <laughs>
1: uh, yes, yeah, so that's that's fun. Um, incidentally, I think the I would say mind meld for me is about um, not so much about teaching. For me, it's not about t- teaching people how different people think for me it's just about focus it's it's a it's a focus game um and that's what I love about improv games is there are so many different learning points from so many different things which Stuart brings me on to my other one (laughs) which everybody anybody who I've ever taught will be like yes of course she's gonna say this and it's three and three in a circle um or I am a whisk people have had in different ways which again in a circle one person goes into the middle says I am a tree and then somebody else steps in and says i am a squirrel and then somebody else says i am a nut uh, and all of those three things they kind of need to be uh, uh fit together somehow but it's it's that it's whoever it's each person who comes in it's their obvious and then the first person uh, chooses which of those they want to keep. So they're going to step out and then somebody else is going to step out. So that first person who cho- who was tree might choose squirrel. So squirrel gets to say in and then the game starts again. So I am a squirrel. I am a tail. I am some claws, whatever. Um, so I really like that. Be- I really like that game because it teaches so many different things i ask people to be physical um so you've got people warming up their bodies you've got people warming up their brains you've got people warming up their um uh whatever the word is uh, that makes you verbalize things that says says words um what's that word
0: your mouth
1: yeah that'll do <laughs> warm up your mouth um uh and uh and it's also creating connections um you're working together as a team you can't leave anyone in the middle on their own your job is to keep people uh, in, invol- involved all the time and not and not and supporting people all the time. So it's got all those elements, and there's always something different to teach in it. Uh, but I really like, and I think Jules' mums may have come up with this. I'm not sure, um, uh, but it, it, in order to changing changing it up slightly, so you end up with um, you do the same thing, but you do it you do you do the game, and then you do it in reverse. Uh, So and that uh, people are always when you say you're going to do it in reverse, the people are always like, no way, not possible. And then they always do it. They always manage to do it. And especially you're trying to not have the same person who said the original thing. Um, So if you've watched it, you can come in and do it instead. So the person who said squirrel originally doesn't have to be the person who said squirrel afterwards. uh, If you see what I mean.
0: So someone comes in and says, "I'm a tree." someone comes in and says, "I am the sun." someone comes in and I say, "I'm a river." yeah, how do you go backwards
1: so you do the whole you do the whole game, so you keep going with it so whoever who, um you you do that thing over and over again so uh tree sun river, I keep sun uh sun, moon stars, I keep stars, stars, night sky." Uh, aurora borealis i keep aurora borealis etc etc and you keep playing that game for about 10 times eight eight to ten times and then you you go backwards you try and do the whole thing backwards um and then once you've done that you then play the game again but only allowed to use the words that you've created in those first two so which means that you are Finding new stories within the story you created, which I, I think is such a wonderful way of playing. So you're restricted to those words, but you're allowed. You can put them in different and a different order, and you can repeat them, and you can have them all over the place. So then you could go uh, squirrel, sun, aurora borealis. Uh, you can and you just with three things, you create so many. You can create so many new stories, and uh, in your in your. I mean, that's how my brain works, anyways. Once I've got three things. I feel like this is the beginning of a story in each case.
0: That's really lovely. I, I think I've played it forwards and backwards, but I haven't played it. I can't remember. Um <laughs> I haven't played it with, you know, with just using things you've already used. And yeah, the idea of having that limited palette, but then playing those different things in different combinations. Oh, that feels very rich to me, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's a really lovely one. Very good for narrative improv, I think.
0: I really love... Um, what I really want is, like, it's just like with folk folk songs and how they get told, they get taught to other people, and then they move around the country, and you get different variations yeah. on folk songs. What I really would love is just a study to, like, just to follow, like, you know, a new a, a game being invented and where it goes, and, yeah. and you know, all that sort of stuff.
1: And it, that's the beautiful thing with improv is it doesn't it doesn't really matter who created it because within a week it's a different game yes uh, and it's uh, people have found the thing that they need from it and yes. yeah you could just play the same game over and over again but it's amazing how quickly things get uh, the variations happen and yeah you know, goes up in different directions
0: because a variation on that last game you described is uh when you do you know i'm a tree i am the moon i am a river and then you have someone come in and give it a pretentious caption
1: <laughs> <But it's> <laughs> something
0: really abstract like you know be a centred man or something like that
1: <laughs> that's um, like um that's that's like a, a meld of uh i'm a whisk and uh what's on my stupid t-shirt <laughs> yes <laughs> great <laughs>
0: um i feel now you've mentioned it we should explain
1: <laughs> what's on my stupid t-shirt
0: <laughs> and i've heard that taught differently as well because some people remove stupid from it
1: good yeah Good. No, they're absolutely right. Um, I agree. <laughs> uh, and it's no because the thing is, you learn you learn things a certain way, and then they just slip off your tongue, and then you and then you're like, ah, actually, no, you're right. That that's not nice. That's not helpful. Um. So yeah, I think I think that's uh that's absolutely fair enough. Uh. But yeah, uh, the game itself. <laughs> i don't play it that often to be honest uh, do, i mean how do you do it? do you do what's on what's on what's on my t-shirt
0: or? oh no i do, do have a chance? T-shirt, t-shirt what's on my t-shirt
1: oh, okay yeah yeah
0: and then somebody goes um i see a a mountain range and there's bugs bunny bugs bunny's on a space hopper and he's bouncing over the mountains
1: yeah yeah
0: and then and then the next person goes Uh, Looney Tunes on holiday or something like that (laughs) yeah that that was a bit literal actually (laughs) yeah
1: so it's like there's an apple, it's got a maggot coming out of it and um, the caption underneath says um, uh, it's my home now (laughs) Something, yeah (laughs) that's
0: a much better example (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, but i i do think i mean with some with some of these with uh with that game i i feel like everybody should go get their t-shirts done as they're doing it <laughs> somebody's <laughs> actually drawing it on at the same time <laughs> getting them printed <laughs> um, uh i keep i keep thinking of new games off uh, like other games that I've, I've i've played recently off the off the back of these ones and i'm gonna have to stop because i can see the time <laughs>
0: Well, I already feel that we've 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 uh, you've talked um plenty of games to people. Um so uh, I won't ask you to do any more. Okay, so we have the two two the big final two questions. Uh oh. So if someone were to step on stage with you, what could they do to delight you?
1: <laughs> oh, I love it. Um Endow me as something. Endow me as a character or a thing. Or, um, uh, it's nothing I enjoy more than seeing Rhiannon Vivian step on stage, oh, just after somebody's mentioned maybe a frog. Uh, and Rhiannon will step on stage, stand on it, squat on a chair, uh, and, and make a face that looks may- vaguely frog like and be like, There's another chair, <laughs> let's go and play. Um, or that somebody. You know, comes on and um, and just gives me a name. You know, just just a just a name can be so. Uh, it, it can have so it can have so much resonance with you. you know, okay, I know exactly who this is. Uh, yeah, that kind of thing. I having just a, that gift is is delightful.
0: And what's your signature move? What's the thing that you do that saves the day that brings down the house? Uh-huh. That has oh, it going? Classic
1: Jen. That's really hard. I don't know. Um I I don't know. Do you know what, Stuart? I haven't done that that many I haven't done that many shows in the last two years. It's taken oh, a while enough. to get back to it. So <laughs> yeah. I'm basically going I'm basically going back four years or <laughs> three years. Um but I think I mean I I I like playing um uh, I think what Shakespeare would call the lighter people I, I like playing the the um the, the the people the the less the less noble people I like playing the people who are um uh uh lo- lower down the the ladder of 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 luck <laughs> I, I like I I like um yeah great i like the grotesques and the and the yeah that kind of thing um i'm very happy in that environment um just talking rubbish and stuff and uh, you know a lot a lot of people would say um if i if i uh physicalized as somebody who was very very ancient they wouldn't be surprised that wouldn't surprise them at all (laughs)
0: Fantastic. That just means I have one last thing to say and that's thanks for being a guest on the Improv London podcast.
1: Thank you, Stuart. It's lovely to talk to you. (laughs) Cheers. I made this. That's improv. (laughs) That's (laughs) improv.